from the Straight Red Plex North, it is I, your host, Jeff Ross, and with me as always, resident potato man, Alex S. Kibler. What? Alex, is that because you're a fan of potatoes or some sort of potato-based superhero? Well, so when you first said it, I was like, is he trying to say that I'm lumpy, like bad mashed potatoes? But I don't... Hold on, wait a second. That yeah. could be good mashed potatoes. That's true. The lumpiness of a mashed potato does not really have that big of a bearing on the quality of said mashed potato. That's all I'm it's saying. It's really about seasoning and the proper application of dairy and fat. Gingers, if you want to make a great pot of mashed potatoes... Here we go. First of all, you don't use white potatoes. Use yellow potatoes or red potatoes. White ones have too much starch in them. Mm-hmm. Two... Half and half. It it makes the world go round. Make it happen. <laughs> makes, the, makes the world go round. Half and half Three. Makes the world don't go forget around. to salt that crap, man. You gotta salt it. There are so many great phrases in here. Don't forget to salt that crap. I really like that on its People own. don't season their food enough. Like it's amazing to me how people who I think are good cooks, they just season their stuff right. And people who I think are not as good cooks, they just don't put enough salt on things. They just don't know how to you, season you, something. You, you just need more salt. Basically, I needed the appropriate amount of salt. <laughs> how many units of salt are we talking about here? I, well, I don't know. You know, it's funny because, like, I, the right amount of salt means you shouldn't have to add salt to anything at the table. That's true. These are this is this is a serious conversation. I feel like you're trying to pitch me something, you know, some fluff here to start the show. <laughs> I'm having none of it. I'm I'm on the the soapbox about. Proper seasoning. I have a feeling yeah. that almost without regard to whatever weird thing I claim about you, you <laughs> will be on a soapbox. I'll be on a soapbox lose, about something. Just losing your mind. Right. It's hard to say what the soapbox will be about, you know, like it from true. week to week. It, it could be like a super, like a tangent that I jump out on. But you like gave me a soft pitch so- uh, soapbox this week. A soft pitch soapbox? Yeah, you just gave me an easy one. I was like, oh, soapbox, seasoning, mashed potatoes. <laughs> you know what's real good? Mashed sweet potatoes. Do you like sweet potatoes? I do, but why are you called the potato man? Um, Because I love potatoes. Properly seasoned potatoes. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Well, we learned a lot today. This was great. Things. I'm glad we participated in this. <laughs> So you went to go else. see L.A. play soccer, and I'm sitting here talking about potatoes. That is the symbol of what this entire back and forth between us It really makes – it adds a lot. There's a couple of games I, – I, I want to finish with the L.A. game because right, I want – start with one of yours. What do you mean with one of mine? Your boys in blue. No. They're not even worth talking about. They lost to Orlando. Please. Wow. They lost Orlando to Disney. stays in the hunt because of this. They do. They do stay in the hunt. We're going to get to sort of what their scenarios are. But let's talk about a game that had direct implications on this playoff picture. Um, Toronto 2, RBNY 1. This is from midweek last week. It was happening while we were talking. It was. Jeff. And, and l- let me tell you something, Gingers and Alex Kibler, who I texted at the time about it. You got to go see that Javinko goal. Gold year. I- I'm going to call it right now. That's Holy gold year. Holy crap. Holy crap! That that that, that goal was, and he, he earned it the whole way. That, that that's a goal. Is. Like when you that that goal reminds me, like when you know you play too much FIFA, and then you go and you play against your cousin who is like twelve, and he doesn't know what the buttons do. 
<laughs> and you're just sort of like, I'm just going to dribble through this guy and, you know, side netting. And, oh, whoops, I'm sorry. Frank, I'm really sorry. I really apologize, little Frankie. But what a goal. And what a moment for Toronto. That poor, terribly, uh, you know, deprived fan base who has oh my God. done this, so this... much for that team. It isn't talked about enough, but the supporters' culture, the, the you know the flags, the banners, the the, the 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 flares, and all that. Toronto brought that hard when they entered the league nine years ago. They were doing that from day one, which wasn't really being done everywhere. No, that's it a good really point. Wasn't yeah. And from that point on, like that's become the thing in the league. But but at the time, that was new, right? Yes. But that fan base has not been rewarded for their support. No. They just haven't. They haven't. Um, and finally, at last. after almost a decade, yeah. finally, they qualify for the playoffs. And keep in mind, Gingers, that means every Canadian team has qualified for the playoffs in MLS. That's an exciting statistic. They're all there. They're that's all the in. first time that's ever happened. Because, of course, Toronto has never qualified before. <laughs> this Here we goal are. is beautiful. It really is. If you haven't seen it, get the big TV out, all right? Fire that up. <laughs> you, you need, you need, you need, you need, uh, you need 55 inches minimum yeah. to see this thing. It is amazing. And like you said earlier, goal of the year, there's my vote. I think I mean, you is know, there a better one? Tell me which one. Is one's there a better. more dramatic goal in terms of just raw technique? There might be, but but here's the thing: for what it meant, coupled with the quality of the goal, you will not match that this this year, oh, Un- unless maybe he does that in the final. You know, I mean that might <laughs> That's be true. If, if if he can get Toronto an MLS Cup this season, which I do not believe, but if he can no. do that and it has a killer goal like that. Tip of the hat. That that was that was something else. I also like that Herc got on the board. Mm-hmm. Me too. He got he got a goal. It's in good there. to see him out there. Good to see him out there. Good to see him scoring goals, uh, which is what he was paid for. Sebastian Javinko played for Italy. Let's not for lest oh, I almost missed oh. it. Lest we forget, <laughs> he was playing for Italy the previous day. Flew in that afternoon. Jet lagged that game. Oh, that, that, that that's crazy. I can barely walk to the coffee shop when I'm jet lagged, and this guy scores <laughs> probably the goal of the season in MLS. It's amazing. Well, that, does, that says a lot about your health. Sebastian yeah. Javinko. Mm-hmm. Good MLS signing or best ever? Ooh, I don't know if I can say best ever. Well, let, let me let me adjust. Good first season. Or best first season. Oh, so you're saying, do you think this is sort of like we've already reached the pinnacle of Javinko-ness and, and it's downhill no, from no, here? No. What what I'm saying is, in, in MLS's short but storied history, yeah. there have been a lot of heralded signings. There have yeah. been a lot of foreign players coming in. There have been a lot of domestic players coming in. But when it comes down to their production, all right? First seasons are usually oh. down seasons, even for yes. the best of the best. He, he has made the biggest seasons. impact... Of any first-year MLS signing ever, hands down. And that's he, not really a discussion, I don't think. He scored more goals and assists than anybody. Yeah. I mean, wrap your mind around that. That's crazy. And he's like five foot four. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. I, I'm arguing that this is the best uh, first season we've ever seen 
of anybody. And I'm hoping that it only goes up from here. Let's talk a little bit about the other Canadian team here, though. New England nil, Montreal. Oh, well, yeah, that would do. <laughs> New England nil, Montreal. Ugh. That's one in French. They qualify. Is that what it is? In, well, sort of. It's uh. It sounds so weird when you try to mix French words, which are very soft, with the mm-hmm. Germanic tongues that we use typically. Oh, it's so tough. But you're right. They qualify. Ignacio Piatti goal, 55th minute. That that team. If you want to talk about. You know, maybe not obviously the biggest impact in terms of direct goal scoring impact, although he scored a few. But oh, talk yeah. about this how that team well. has changed when Didier Drogba got there. Ooh, it's a different team. It's a different it's team. It's like an unrecognizably different team. And I, I, I know it sounds kind of down to say it, but firing their coach was a good idea yeah. too. Yeah, it, it sure seems like it right now. And keep in mind, Gingers, this isn't a win away. This is a win in Gillette Stadium. Yeah. The biggest uh, the biggest crowd Gillette Stadium's ever had. It was 42,000 people there. It's so I'm sorry, exciting. not the stadium itself. I mean, for an MLS game. Right. It's so exciting to that. see you know that city get behind their soccer team. But they oh, still yeah. got work to do in New England. They're, they're not out of the woods 100% yet. Well, see, and that's why the 42,000 were there. This was the game that was supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. This was supposed to seal the deal. They were supposed to beat Montreal, and that did not happen. Instead, Montreal qualified. A team that both you and I had written off, by the way. Yeah. We had written ages them off ago. ages ago. And now they're looking at yet another uh, trip to the playoffs. It's exciting. It's exciting, exciting stuff for Montreal. Yeah. Exciting times. Also, uh, over the weekend, Red Bull mm-hmm. 4, Philly 1. Now, we bring this one up for a few reasons. Obviously, okay. well, let me say this first and foremost. With this win, Red Bull have guaranteed themselves the top spot in the Eastern Conference in um, in MLS. So that means a few things. One, Jeff's going to say some crap about a bet that didn't happen. And two, go ahead, just say your do it. No, 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 do your list. No, two, the New York Red Bulls have qualified for the 2016 Scotiabank CONCACAF Champions League. Do you think that they're legitimately going to put effort behind being in the Champions League? 700 <laughs> thousand dollars gingers i don't know if you remember perhaps i haven't brought it up enough but that's little the problem surely. alex kibler who may or may not be a child said that the new york red bulls weren't even going to be in the top 10 on the supporter shield standing by the end of the season and now they have locked number one in the east and depending on how this weekend's matches go they may walk away with the shield itself I am going to be could, so yes. wealthy. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Now, to answer your actual question, mm-hmm. they're taking it seriously. Just looking at how Jesse Marsh plays this team, they seem to take every single game they play seriously. That's a huge advantage of how they're playing right now. They're yeah. much more active and dynamic, even for games that they don't really have a reason to get up for. Yeah, they, they play every single game. Yeah, Part of it... That there be, and there's another thing I want to talk about with Red Bulls before we move on to my sadness. But part of it 
is he's getting them to play with a chip on their shoulder yeah. because all of the stuff that happened in the offseason, how they don't have any stars anymore, how they have a noisy neighbor now, mm-hmm. how they have mm-hmm. all these other things and everyone's writing them off, that helps these guys, or I think that helps Jesse Marsh get these guys to play. Right. And they are playing. They are this playing. This, this team, as you were about to mention, fastest goal in MLS. Mike Grella, seven seconds. Which Philly? Come on, get your act together. I mean, the through ball from from Philly. <laughs> I don't think it was intended to be through ball. Yeah, but, but it wound up was. being such a great through ball to Mike Grilla, and all he did was put it away. It wasn't that difficult. So funny. Somewhat unrelated to the game, but related to the franchise. Yeah. Did you hear mm-hmm. that there is talk now mm-hmm. that Red Bull is looking to sell the naming rights? To Red Bull Arena. Now, this opens several questions for me. Yeah. One is, I had just assumed that Red Bull Arena was a named arena. Some of you may be saying, Jeff, that's silly. They already own the team. How could that possibly be, you know, a sponsored arena? Well, with a company that large, yes, it is a lot of taking money out of one pocket and putting in another. But perhaps that was the arrangement. Like, this number of dollars go to the team. It's another way to get financing for the team. Mm -hmm. But the way it was described in, what was it, Sports Business Daily, I think is who had the article? I'm not sure. Was that... um, the arena, the existing Red Bull arena, is not a sponsored arena, which now changes my understanding of the New York Red Bulls themselves. It's like, well, is that shirt not a sponsored shirt? And perhaps it isn't. Could the New York Red Bulls have a sponsor separate from Red Bull? But it looks like at a minimum, they're going to have another sponsor I think... for the arena itself. Now, my question to you, Alex yeah. Kipler, and you know what it's going to be. I'll make multiple questions to make it more interesting. Okay. One. Is this a move to get the New York Red Bull organization itself more financially solvent? That it's not as dependent on Red Bull, the company, in its entirety. That's number one. Number two, is this to sweeten the deal for a potential sale? Go. Uh. So there's a lot of there's a lot of thoughts I have about those two questions. And also keep uh, in mind it's a rumor. We don't truly Yeah, sure, know. of course. Uh, the source is good, but we don't truly know what the It's deal weird is. because we don't have there's really not a frame of reference here for what normally happens in this situation. It's very rare that you have a brand that owns a team. And so mm-hmm. the whole concept of that brand sort of owning parts of the brand and teams and then being able to sell other parts is kind of really weird to me. Um, you know, it, it's not the first time I, I can think of, you know, being a Newcastle fan, this hits very close to home because the owner of Newcastle United famously tried to sell the naming rights to St. James's Park by demonstrating for one season that he could name it after his own company, Sports Direct Arena. People had a, I'm going to have to bleep this in a minute, but uh, a shit fit. And basically, it's now just called St. James's Park again because people freaked out about it. You're not going to have that kind of, you know, terrible wi- backlash from the, the Red Bulls faithful. But mm-hmm. I think I don't particularly see how this would benefit during a sale. Because my thing is, 
it, it's not a strange proof of concept to convince someone that you can sell the naming rights to a city in New York. Uh, excuse me, to a stadium in New York City. That's not, not a strange concept uh, that not that no one's ever demonstrated as possible before. Uh, you know, just go look at MetLife out there in in mm. the Meadowlands, big or beautiful arena, in the middle of nowhere, any stadium. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my thing is, you don't you don't need that proof of concept to to add to the sale. But two, I think you know. I think when they built this building that they, frankly, expected it to be fuller than it has been mm-hmm. over the last few years. Um, mm-hmm. It's a shame because it's a gorgeous, beautiful stadium. I just went and saw USA play Costa Rica there with, you know, 400 of my closest friends. Yeah, and, you guys got along very well. Yeah, it was great. And I met Casey Keller. It was cool. Uh, and... Um, you know, it's just too nice of a building to sit as empty as it sits a lot. Uh, so my thing is, they have bigger problems than the fact that they might get a million dollars to have somebody put, you know, uh, Continental Tire Arena on the side of the thing. You know, it's it's that's not that's not how I would go about attempting to solve the problems of Red Bull New York personally. Fair enough. Uh, I think of my two theoreticals. This by itself does not portend a sale for many of the reasons that you said. If anything, a new owner would want to be the one selling the naming rights. They wouldn't want it to already – they wouldn't want to inherit a deal. Right, exactly. Especially if they think that they can get a better deal themselves. Exactly, because they would have the thought you just had, like, well, we're in New York. You know, regardless of anything, we're in New York. Right. (laughs) Even if the team's bad, Mm -hmm. this is still a New York team. Um, and there's some value there. I wouldn't be surprised to see like Prudential come in or uh, Panasonic, which has a massive facility out in Newark, like somebody like that coming mm-hmm. in. That, mm-hmm. I can see that making some sense. Um, but, but I do see a reason to do this to get some more money from this. If Red Bull itself, the actual drink company, wants this team. To actually make some more money than it's making right now. Yeah. Now, you did point out one of the problems. The gate. The gate's not great there. People aren't showing up. Uh, not in the numbers they want. You know, They want the numbers that NYCFC has. And they That's deserve like, those numbers. They've been here longer. You and know. they're playing better. They're, I mean, playing, they're, they're a better team right now. They're a better team. They actually have trophies. You know, like they've, got, they've got plenty of reasons why um, this should be a full arena, but it's, it's not. So I could see them trying to work this out as a business case where we just need this team to to make more money than it's making. And if we can't immediately get more people in the stands, we can at least get the building to make some money. Yeah. Though that would, to me, indicate that you're going to see a shirt sponsor sale as well. And that's pretty weird. That's fascinating. Because be a, a shirt that has both Red Bull, which is technically the name of the team. What if it was like five-hour energy? That'd be perfect is what it would be. <laughs> I'm assuming they would never allow that. No, of course not. But like, <laughs> that's never, so funny. I just can't imagine. Their, their jersey is quite literally just a logo. Yeah, that's what it is. But then it would change to where, like, no, that's the name of the team. Yeah, but it's a logo of a product. I don't. We're we're sponsored by JetBlue. (laughs) I don't understand. It's very complicated. Uh... I don't get it. But it was interesting, and I had to mention it. And this was a way to further delay talking about one of the most disappointing matches I've ever. Oh, hey, LA played. LA played this weekend, didn't they? They did. 
How did that oh go? I, I didn't watch. I wasn't sure how it went. It went so horrible, Alex. <laughs> It went so horrible. Gingers, if you were under a rock or not, you know, first of all, I was concerned about you on Twitter. (laughs) I was concerned as only a mother could be concerned. But LA Galaxy 2, wait, 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 in LA at SubHub Center, Portland, Cinco. It burns. Five. It really does. It really does. Two to five. While I was there, it finally dawned on me. It's like, oh, this is how Alex Kibler feels every, every week. week. This is me every single week. The difference is that it's it's bad teams that do it to us. <laughs> yeah, it, it's everybody. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's good teams bad. and bad teams. Um, this is a pretty embarrassing loss for LA because it's not only is it a loss at home, it, it's a definitive loss at home. This oh yeah, it, it's, it's a beatdown. Like, you you were beaten in your own house. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is bad, and it's not like oh we had a bunch of injuries or something. All the players were there. Everybody you wanted to play was playing. Um, and uh, from watching the game, it just looked like L.A. wasn't taking Portland seriously. Right. Like, that's my very slight way of putting it. But they were able to push them around for 45 minutes, and they were able to come out, you know, okay at the start of the second half. But I, I think what they didn't keep in mind is Portland needed this game. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about a chip on your shoulder. I mean, <laughs> they needed to win. Portland has need of those points, desperate, dire need that we're going to get to here in a minute. But they needed those that win, and I just, it just didn't look like LA was like because they've already qualified. I think they got lazy. Yeah. I think they really did. That being said, I don't want to take anything away from Portland. This is one of the sharper Portland games that I've seen. Um, and, and like everybody scored on this team, or I should say the people you want to see scoring for Portland, that right. were scoring and right, they, they exactly. were playing very well and they needed those three points and mm-hmm. they took him. This was a sold out game. Yeah. I was there. One of our, uh, our fans was there. That's Nikki so cool, there. man. You got to mingle with the gingers. Yeah. We can confirm officially that at a minimum we have one fan. He's real. He's a real person. He's a real person. <laughs> and we have one fan. <laughs> Minimum. He's not a Twitter uh, bot that I may or may not have paid for. <laughs> there's at least a photo of someone we hired to pretend that he's this person. So I guess, you know, that's a positive. And the weather was nice. <laughs> but the step on the field wasn't great, that's what you're saying. Beyond that, I mean... <laughs> oh. You poor thing. Oh, I know. I've been Welcome so to my nightmare. Like... There was a period of time yeah. when L.A. was down 3-1, to one, uh-huh. which was ridiculous. And Robbie Keane scores a goal in the 84th. Oh, I so bet you were like, oh, here we go. Now we're going to win. We I, well, I felt like maybe we could walk out of here with a draw. There wasn't enough time left. Right. <laughs> so I was like, we walk out of here with a draw. I can see the and end of the tunnel here. Nope. Like, oh, I can see it. I can see it. With it, w- w- they celebrate that goal, right? They're playing Seven Nation Army in the, in the in, and stuff mm-hmm. like everyone's super excited while that is happening darlington nagby scores for <laughs> it wasn't even a full minute uh, i know the score so sheet says amazing. it was in the 85th it was maybe 30 seconds later that's incredible <laughs> it was amazing and as soon as that happened i'm like ah oh, this is over this is going poorly no back and then they scored another one yeah <laughs> just to rub it in now, what People does all this mean, though? Besides, besides your the nightmares that, that you have, stadium. besides oh. the nightmares you have, what does this mean? We now have a as clear, obviously, as we've ever had picture of what this year's playoff 
is going to look like. We had two teams this week, Montreal, Toronto, clinched. They're in, 100%. We know it. All of a sudden, the East is a very simple race. Um, mm-hmm. There's certainly some jostling that can happen at the top as to who has to play the uh, the play-in game and who doesn't, who's going to get home field advantage and who doesn't. Um, who um, The big benefit here, I guess, if you're a team like, a say, New England, is that you've done enough up to this point right now that you get any points from New York City and you're in. You, you're yep. gonna you're gonna get to play New York. It's at New York. It, there's probably not gonna be that many people there because we're eliminated. Um, you have a chance to you know get out of there one one draw. Get out of there. Go to the playoffs. Get it over with. Get it done. Yeah, you're in a tough spot though if you if you come in at 48 points. But I, I get what you mean. You do. And and here's the thing though. If you're Orlando, you're lamenting the drop points right now that. Uh, that you had earlier in the season just because you shouldn't be in the situation. You you had a chance for a lot of the year. You were in the driver's seat. You you were in fifth for a part of the season. You know you, they, you, they were in the driver's seat up until that game. Uh, well, now they beat New York. The, the game right before that, that was that they, yeah, they had. They were doing great. This thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a bad situation for Orlando because if Orlando comes out and beats Philly, which is. It's possible. That's I know it's at Philly, but Philly looks really bad. Yeah, <laughs> really, really bad. Um, Orlando can get three points there. You know that that's that's possible. The problem but is they have... need to make up eight goal difference. You yeah. you basically have to have Orlando City drop a five nil on Philly and have miraculously NYC drop three nil on New England. And the odds of both, both of those, those happening are almost zero. Yeah. Happening. I, I just really don't. I mean, we're saying that now, and then next week, that's exactly what Yeah, it'll happens, be like it'll like 7-0 and like 4-0 or <laughs> something like that. Like Orlando only has some say in this on paper. It, it, it's going to be really, really tough. Because like you said, New England can lose this game, but as long as they lose close, they're... I'm sorry, they're, New England can lose, and as long as Orlando also doesn't win... <laughs> Like they yeah. can get a draw. Yeah, it, uh, they need points, and even if they lose, they if they don't lose by a lot, they're yeah, probably they okay. Yeah, if they keep it close. If they lose by like one goal, right? Uh, they're in. Exactly. Now the West is a lot more sort of cloudy right now. The West is a mess. FC Dallas in. Yep. LA Galaxy in. And briefly, let me say this: uh, those two conference championships mean that those two teams are playing both of them in the the Champions League next year. Both are going to be great representatives for this league. Uh, I think they are. They play great for for whatever reason. I think they're both going to do very well Mm -hmm. uh, next year. Um, But everything below the Galaxy is like unclear. Now these teams are going to go. I'm not saying they're not going because they have to. But where these teams are going to end up in, in here? Because San Jose, which is below the line, they can still get 50 points. Mm-hmm. That's possible. Yeah. Um, and you could, very unlikely, but you could see Portland, Vancouver, and San Jose with 50 points. Right. The, the, the real thing to take from this is <laughs> that's true. Portland is in if they win. Seattle's in if they win. Sporting Kansas City is is in if they win. Um, it's pretty straightforward. In fact, by the time you listen to this, they may have already clinched. We're recording on Wednesday night. They're playing tonight. If they win tonight, they're in the playoffs. Ends of discussion. Yep. Yeah, it's, um, it's really San Jose needs the help. If any of those teams drop points, then all of a sudden San Jose has a chance. Uh, they got to play at Dallas, so obviously a big ask. Um, but you know, if Portland loses to Colorado 
and they win, they're in. If they so all of these are if they if uh, San Jose wins, a Seattle loss versus RSL or a tie against RSL. Um, so there's there's certainly ways that they can sneak sneaky sneak in there. But right now, looking at the teams that the three team that the three um, excuse me, looking at the teams that the three teams that are in those places now play. That's a terrible way to say that sentence. Hang on a minute. Okay, Portland, you want to give Seattle, it another shot? Yeah, let's do it. Sport, uh, Portland, Seattle, and Sporting have the easiest, easier road in terms of teams that they have to play. Um, San Jose has to go to Dallas and play. Portland only has to play Colorado. Seattle only has to play RSL. And Sporting has two games to do it. Yeah, uh, they have two games. That's why I think Sporting is probably going to make yeah, it. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if they weren't in. Yeah. Um, San Jose is gonna have a tough time just winning their game yeah that's fc dallas is playing for the supporter shield yep so unlike a lot of you know late season games you know your top or near top the table maybe you rest some of your key players i get it there's not much to play for these guys have something to play for Mm -hmm. there's a trophy here uh and they're only (laughs) frankly if they get a result and new york doesn't then then they're it's, it's theirs they have no reason to let San Jose walk over them. No. They have no. something to play for in the last of the season, which is not always the case for teams that are currently in the playoffs. It's exciting to I, see. I mean, looking at this hashtag decision day, yeah. it's going to be a good one. I know we'll get into it a little bit later. We'll make our but, picks uh, here in a few, yeah. It's, it's going to be a good one. It's definitely worth watching. All right. So we're looking at those scenarios. Scenarios are very fascinating. Quick reminder to you gingers out there. Playoffs start next Wednesday, so get get yourself ready. Prepare yourself. It's going to be an exciting time. Go Bye. buy yourself a box of wine. <laughs> Treat yourself. <laughs> Treat yourself. A box of wine. Yep. But that means we're already seeing moves that are off-season moves, even though the season isn't over. Yeah. Right. We're – We've already heard uh, Orlando announce their new USL team. Yep. Orlando City B, which I like better than the number two. I don't know why. I can't prove why that's better, but they have a USL team that's announced. And they also have an NWSL team um, being coached by the former U.S. men's uh, – U.S. men's, sorry, U.S. women's national team coach. Um, what this so, whole thing screams to me is that <clears throat> these owners of Orlando – See that city as sort of this unclaimed jewel of, you know, sports support. Obviously, the Magic draw well, but the amount of fans that they've been able to attract to these games for Orlando City is mind-blowing, really, considering the size of the metro area. And I think what they're saying is, we can, listen, we have the fans. We can support these teams. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Oh, God, I hope they don't say that. Well, <laughs> I easy, say it. Easy lemon I assume that everyone says that. Oh, Is that goodness. not right? Oh, Doesn't goodness. everybody say that? No, Alex. Oh. <laughs> I say oh. it. Oh. I, do, I do believe that though, these owners are taking Orlando of the place very seriously. Mm-hmm. And all of their bets have been right I know, so it's amazing, far. isn't it? The only thing that they didn't get is I think they thought they were getting more points this season. Yeah, than they ultimately ended up with. They're going to look great next year. I mean, I'm not too worried about Orlando. And I imagine if you're a city fan down there, you're not you're not worried either. Um, but the USL move, I think this is crucial for every MLS team. I yeah. know there are still teams with affiliations. You've got to have your own team. We're seeing with the teams that have their own USL team. They're doing a much better job at developing talent. Yes, even if you've only had it for one season, 
you're doing a better job at developing talent. Yeah. They, they just happen. They have a built in development league. You know, basically, you built get to in. play against players who, not only other teams that are sort of B squads, but also players who are playing for their own competitive life. They're like, this, listen, I play for the Hammerheads or whatever. And, and you know, the only way out for me is to play well. So they're going to be playing against teams that are desperate to win, which is really great. I've been comparing this to um, both farm leagues in Major League Baseball and, um, uh, hockey also has like farm leagues. They do, yeah. Because on those teams, there's there's like the prospect player, you know, the guy we sign, but maybe he's too young, whatever, and we mm-hmm. want to like get him some real games. But then there's those guys, those guys you're talking about, who are maybe like 25, 26, 27, and it's it's a bit unclear. Like, are they going to be good enough? Right. Yes. <laughs> like, is it going to happen? But that dude is playing hard. Yeah. He, he's going so when you're sending your your kid down to, to for development or whatever it may be he's up against real competition these other players they want his job mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're not gonna just stand aside and i feel like uh i mean we 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 saw that with my, uh, miguel uh, uh miguel abara over in minnesota yeah um not a usl team but you, you, you get what i mean um there are good players on these teams who are going to get attention and who are going to get signed elsewhere. Mm-hmm. They know that and they're going to fight. And this is a real place where you can get real development. And it's much better than just coming to training every week. Like that's not going to do anything for you. <laughs> you know, it will certainly you're, not you're do what you're going to get by, you know, actually um, playing meaningful games. And this is going to get off topic, but the, I think the NFL needs something like this. All of the leagues in North America have some equivalent to uh, a farmer development system. You know, the NBA has the D League. Yeah. Uh, MLB is their extensive farm system. NHL is their farm system. Now MLS has USL. The NFL doesn't have that. And I do wonder for these guys who are like on practice squads or whatever. You know, you're you're out of college, but you're not quite you know ready to start or whatever. But you still need your minutes, you need your games, and you're not getting them. And we never know as an organization if you're any good. Anyway, if any NFL team would like to hire me, I'd be more than happy to. He's available. For <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he's available. Make this happen. Speaking but of USL note, teams, though, SKC allegedly is announcing one very shortly. Not In alleged. Fact, that's not alleged. It's true. They are announcing one very shortly. It may have already <laughs> happened in your world. Yes. So when people listen to this, this would have happened on Thursday, which from us is the future, but to this listener is the past. Happy Back to the Future Day, Jeff. Happy Back to the Future Day. We had a blast. Uh, but that it just it points out like that's another Wait, Gingers, if you're if you're here if you're on Friday right now, do we have hoverboards yet? <sighs> Tweet at us. Hashtag hoverboards. I want to know if we have hoverboards on Friday. Hashtag war on Alex. The war uh, is never in No, but for real, text me if we have hoverboards because I want to know. <laughs> You're going to give you. out your phone number? They're going to text nope. you? But, in, in other, but on that theme of like off-season moves, the rumor, and I'm going to force you to talk about it. Mm. The rumor is that Jason Christ on the chopping block. It, there's been some hubbub around this for, you know, months now. I think we've both universally come to the idea that, excuse me, the agreement that it's a terrible idea to only give the guy one year to implement his system, which admittedly is not a system that a lot of these players probably grew up with. 
Um, you know, the, the rumor as of right now is that he would be replaced by Patrick Vieira, the, the World Cup winning midfielder. Uh, France he used to play for um, Manchester City as well. He, he's been their youth development coach for a few years now. Um, Patrick Vieira is a known commodity for City Football Group, which I think is a, a nice thing for them. And ultimately, this may be a decision that has less to do with Christ and more to do with a guy like Patrick Vieira. But that leads me a few things. One, why not just hire him at first? If you want Patrick Vieira, get Patrick Vieira. I, I love Jason Christ. I, I think what he brings to a team is, you know, is really great. But if you want Patrick Vieira from the beginning, just give him the job. I, I, why even have Trot Christ out there for a year, you know? If you think that he's not the real direction that you want to go, I think Patrick Vieira would do a good job. I think you know, I think the types of players that he likes to coach are the types of players who are like him. So players that had a lot of vision, players who play tough, um, both traits that play really well in this league. You know, that's the type of player that I think he's going to look for. I also think that he might get a little bit more sway with City Football Group in terms of bringing in one players specific to what he wants or even specific players not having players forced on him and b potentially getting a few choice loan signings from manchester city um you know that he might have a little bit more sway over the city football group ownership in that department than say a jason christ would Mm -hmm. so on the you know the personnel side of things i don't i think jason should stay I also think that Patrick Vieira would do a good job. I think it's a joke that you're only giving Jason Christ a year. But ultimately, if you think that it means that the City Football Group is going to A, invest more in the team, or B, at least you know give it a little bit of preferential treatment over some of the other farm leagues uh, teams that you have, then I say you know it might not be a terrible thing. It hurts to say that. No. Yeah. As you know, I agree with you that Jason Christ shouldn't be fired after one season. Correct. I really think it takes time. This was true with RSL, and this will be true with wherever and they he coaches dominated in the future. his second year. Exactly. At RSL. It, it, it just it takes time, and you have to have some patience with it. But um, once he gets everybody on board, and frankly gets the personnel that fit that, yeah, uh, then he's gonna. You'll have yourself a little bit of a tiny little dynasty. Mm-hmm. All right. So I don't support the idea of firing Jason Christ. However, I wouldn't put this decision beyond the city. Oh, certainly not. They've made decisions like this. They were going to fire Pellegrini last season. Yeah. I think the thing you have to keep in mind with this is that even though I don't think this is true, I think they think this is true, which is that the ceiling is higher under Vieira than it is for Jason Christ. I think – well, let me me finish this thought because there's a lot to be said here. Um, so one, I, I don't support the firing. Let's start there. Yeah. Uh, two, I, I wouldn't put this type of move beyond the city football group because yeah. the way they're going to see it is we spend millions upon millions of dollars, not just for the team itself, which cost over a hundred, uh, but also all these players we signed from overseas and they should be doing as well as a team in Canada. And they're not right. <laughs> like, what is that about? And they would say, well, what is the actual problem? The problem is that they're not being coached correctly. That's what, how they, they would view it. Also, and I'll say this, that's an easier problem to fix. If you have to say, oh, maybe we shouldn't have forced these 75-year-old players on this team. <laughs> like Maybe we shouldn't have done that. That means you made a bad decision there, and you uh, owe these people like millions of dollars. I bet you're not paying Jason Christ like that. 
bet no, you're not. you're not. But at the and same not, time, hold at on, the I'm same not done. Okay, but, but but I get you. But I'm just saying that's probably their viewpoint. Like from a business standpoint of what they can change and fix, it's cheaper to in the short term anyway. Cheaper to fix the Jason Christ problem than the personnel problem. Sure. All right. That being said, I don't think you need to get rid of any of your DPs. You just need to change some of these other position players, um, and you'd be in much better shape. But we can get into that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Vieira is a company man. He played for Manchester City in 2010. He's been a coach in both their youth and reserve uh, teams since 2011. I agree with you. If you wanted him to do it, why don't you just give him the job to start with? Yeah. Uh, they may be more comfortable with him because he is a company man, and he's a known quantity. Uh, Jason Christ was new to them. They didn't right. know him. Mm-hmm. He's a new guy. Uh, Patrick Vieira, they know who he is. And they know what does or th- what they can or cannot do with him. He knows the reserves because he coaches them. Right. So anybody he would want to bring in would have a personal relationship with him. They already know him. Right. So that might be advantageous. Where I come down the side that I think that's a bad choice foreign coaches have a really bad track record in MLS. Yeah. Like really bad. <laughs> it's it's pretty atrocious. And the only foreign coaches that seem to do well played here as right. younger men. <laughs> so they know like the weirdness of major league soccer because it doesn't work like any <clears throat> European team does. And I do wonder if you bring in a foreign coach, if you're going to have those same kind of struggles, that they can't do things the way they necessarily think they should be done. Um and I wouldn't be surprised if they were to sign with Patrick Vieira if they fire him too after a year. I yeah. just I wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me. Um, also, that seems to fit with like the way they do things. So I get what what you're saying is he would have like more pull with the city football group, but I don't think they would necessarily have more patience with him. Because um, yes, he coaches the youth team and the reserve team, but who cares what the results are for those teams? Right. It just doesn't matter. A team you spent $100 million on, and you, you've now spent like millions upon millions on aging players, and they can't even make the playoffs? It's like, yeah, we need to fix that. And if he can't fix that in a single season, he's gonna, I think he'd be on the chopping block too. I don't think he can get an extension. But I think the smarter move to do is to hold on to Jason Christ and make the personnel moves and say, hey, Jason, if you can't get this done in year two, that's it. Yeah. I'm all about giving Jason Christ an ultimatum, make the playoffs or you're out in year two. I'm all about that. My fear is that the ultimatum would be like win the East in year two or win the league in year two, which is not – and not realistic. realistic and you know not realistic i mean uh, i don't i don't think that this team is super far away of being not maybe at the top of the east but up there in the east i, I think you know they're a left back away you know they're a one big destroyer center back away and probably a good wing player away um if you find those three pieces i think you could contend in the east for the east conference championship um, and, and, and let's focus this about MLS in general. You make the playoffs, you have as decent a shot yeah. of winning the MLS. If you're playing hot at the else. right time, you are you're in the you know the the catbird seat. It's possible. I mean, when um, RSL itself won their MLS Cup, they were not no. favored in any way. Shape. They beat LA mm-hmm. in a penalty shootout, but they beat them. Yep. Still beat them. They still have that trophy. So like, anything's possible at that point. But if Jason Christ gets fired, 
I don't see this as a man who's going to be unemployed for for long. First no, of all, RSL not. might want him back. Yep. <laughs> they might take I, him I back. think they would be beating down his door if that happened. I think they might take him back immediately. Yeah. Uh, Chicago would be calling. Um, if Jurgen Klinsmann gets fired, I wouldn't be surprised if the United States comes calling. Uh, if I mean, if he wanted, he's young enough that he could like see if there's some you know low level European side who might be interested because that has worked for, as you know, Bob Bradley. It has. He's on his way to France allegedly. Allegedly. That's exciting. So, I, I, we were talking about this in the pre-show, but like the whole concept of Bob Bradley in France is so hilarious to me. Like, if I'm thinking of a stereotypical American who wouldn't fit into like a French culture, first I think of like the redneck guy, you know. But secondly, it's the sort of like ho hum northeastern no doesn't really. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like he's like, well, I, I need to get a hamburger somewhere. I'm just like. <laughs> Bob, you just don't get that people are different. Like it's it's so funny to me that Bob Bradley might be in France. But what's cool about like, this? Well, yes, tell us. Is that you know he's he's taken over a team that's what do you say six points out of a promotion spot in League they Two. Are. They they're they're twelfth in the table, but that's all because of the league. It's still early in the season. That's only six points out of a promotion spot. If you're Bob Bradley and you flip this thing around, and all of a sudden you're playing in League One next year, and God forbid maybe in the top half of the table, all of a sudden you're a hot commodity. Uh, teams will pay big money to have you come and hopefully pull that same little switcheroo that you did for them. Uh, oh, championship teams in it. England, you know, especially championship teams in England who maybe have a better pedigree, like the teams that have been in the Premier League in the past, mm-hmm. but maybe haven't been in a few years, would love a guy like a Bob Bradley. Bob Bradley right now is taking a team that people thought was going to get relegated. He hasn't been second place in Norway right yeah. now. It's amazing. Right. He he may get them qualified for the Europa League. Mm-hmm. That's huge. No American coach has done that. No. All right. So that's enormous. And I know we talked about the pre-show, but these gingers weren't here for the pre-show. But going to France instead of sticking around for the, the Europa campaign in Norway for another season, I do think it's the better deal, even though it's a second division team, because the upside's higher. We were talking about this earlier, about how uh, uh, the ceiling is higher if you go to France. Yeah, right? it is. If that comes to play, and he does well there, this is a Bob Bradley that gets taken seriously. I agree with you. I have that image of Bob like going into a cafe and being like, I just want like a coffee black <laughs> like yeah. he just can't handle it yeah but this is the guy who coached egypt you yeah know? like this is the guy who, well frankly he's coaching in norway i don't i'm not super familiar with norwegian culture but it's not like life is in new jersey i feel right. confident in saying yeah that. <laughs> you know? it's not the same it's not the same so he can handle these things bob bradley in terms of coaching is still fairly young he's 57 and there are much older coaches coaching do he you ever think that u.s soccer years. would give him another chance I think they will ask, and I think he will say no. It's a shame. I kind of, I kind of miss Bob right about now. Well, with how things are going, I don't blame you. But, but it, it strikes me. I don't know if you remember this story, and I'll, I'll just remind you of it. And I bet you do. When the Red Bulls fired Mike Pepke, they allegedly called Bruce Arena, uh, who coached the Red Bulls for one season, and who they fired. And they fired him. And they uh, called Red Bruce Bull. Arena never to see changed. if he was available. And we never learned anything more about that phone call. <laughs> but either Bruce Arena hung up immediately yeah. or it was the 
best string of obscenities yep. you've ever heard. There's no way he humored this yeah. at all. I imagine, because remember, Bob Bradley didn't leave on good terms. Right. He didn't leave on good terms. Um, I imagine that that call from U.S. soccer would not be... Unless there's a change in leadership at U.S. Soccer, right. and then and then that in that scenario, mm-hmm. like if Sunil is not there anymore and somebody else is, then maybe he would humor it. But um, anything short of that, I just I don't see him. I don't see him taking that deal. I wouldn't be surprised if they called though. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. But let's say Bob goes to France, gets him promoted. Like you said, they do decent. Let's say they're mid table. I mean, that's enough for any European team to want him. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And frankly, if you're mid-table in France, just stay in France. Yeah, yeah. You're, <laughs> you you're in a to, top five, six league in the world somewhere in there. You, you don't need to go anywhere, no. frankly. At that point, it'd be like, oh, do I want the money? You know, the, 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 that's that's what the decisions are at that right. level. Um, that'd be great. So if this ends up happening, I do like that happening. Of course, like most gingers out there, I'd rather see him take a first division team. But a second division team in a better uh, uh, league pyramid – is better than a first division team on like what is this? <laughs> what is this well, and you're league? also probably going to get a longer leash from a second division team as well in terms of letting them take oh, yeah. risks with your style as opposed to if you took over say like Marseille. You're not going to obviously. Mm. I don't think Marseille would offer him a job, but what I'm saying is those teams are going to expect results a more quickly than they fun. should, but also probably with players that you know they pick. You know they're probably in a situation where. They think that they probably still kind of know better than you in terms of how they're going to build the team, and, and I don't know if a guy like Bob Bradley would work well in that environment. That's very true. Like uh, Marseille would need results right now. Yep, right now, immediately. La Havre, which is how I Bernice believe it's pronounced. Close. They just, they just want. I don't know. <laughs> they just want to get promoted. <laughs> yeah. They just want to get promoted. If you can get them promoted, you're doing great by them. And I think it's worth pointing out that this is a team, unless I'm mistaken, is majority uh, American-owned. Oh, really? Which helps matters here. Very much Because they so. would take an American coach more seriously. He can get a cup of coffee. He can, and he would be able to tell you where to get a hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> you could ask these kinds of questions. Uh-huh. Um, and, and then they would be, if you're like a foreign owner in France, specifically an American owner in yeah. France, yeah. you also have something to prove that you know what you're doing yep. and how to do it. Um, and if you bring it, like, it seems to be more of the bold move. Like, we're going to bring in Americans and show an American way of doing it, and that's correct. Um, you would be more willing to give that long leash because you want him to succeed. And if he gets you promoted, I mean, that's fantastic. You've already proven your point. This, though, would be him taking over a team midseason. Not even, actually. They've only played 11 games. So not even quite midseason, if, if the rumors are true. That's kind of tough. Those it aren't your tough. players. Yep. You have to work None with what them. you're dealt. None of them. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes some of his stay-back guys, or however it's properly pronounced. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes some of them, because they're going to be in an off-season here very yeah. shortly. Mm-hmm. Very soon. Um, but uh, it's a little it's a little tough coming in mid-season. He wouldn't be able to do anything until the wintertime. Oh, also, fun note, Gingers. Stade Ocean, Le Havre's stadium, yeah. <laughs> looks just like Red Bull Arena. It looks exactly It's like crazy it. how much it looks like it. I wonder if they just sold the plans. It is insane. If if it had the little Red Bull in the uh, in the seats, the seats yeah. I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I know it's pretty amazing, really. Jeff, astonishing. Yes. For 
What is the last time in this MLS regular season? Ooh, I never thought of it that way. Let's go around the league. For hashtag decision day? Hashtag decision day! Uh, now, let me say this first and foremost. Go out, gingers, and buy, you know, six or seven TVs and plug them all in because you got to watch all the games at the same time. It has to be that way. But we're only going to talk about... Six or seven TVs. <laughs> buy six or seven TVs. Yeah. Have a blast. Uh, we're only going to talk about the games that have immediate direct impact on the playoff picture, so to speak. So let us begin at Yankee Stadium, NYCFC versus New England Revolution. That's at 5 p.m. on Yes and MLS Live. You know what I'm going to do, and you're not going to like it. It's a 1-1 draw. Yep. I think that's this game has you know draw written all over it. I think NYCFC probably can get a goal at home. I think New England have something to play for, but I also don't think they feel super threatened by Orlando right about now. But a point will kill Orlando's chances. Um, which also, if you're if you're an NYCFC player, and this happens a lot with like losing teams these last games, you're playing to keep your job. You certainly are. If you're a guy like Patrick Mullins, or exactly. exactly, you're paying. You're playing to keep your job. Hundred percent. Uh, Philly at home against Orlando City. It's going to be so frustrating because I've got Orlando winning this game. Yeah. I've got them winning 2-1 against Philly. And let me say but this, though, It's going to be so frustrating. It won't be enough goals. I think I think Orlando could win this game 3 or 4 nil. Uh, I, I guess as a pick, I'll say 3 nil. But I don't think New, New York is going to give them enough help to make it realistically uh, worth their while. Um, also, oh, Kyle Laren also is doing phenomenal things. Congratulations he is. to Orlando Great for pickup. getting that player. Yeah, tremendous pickup. Uh, moving to the West, FC Dallas at home against San Jose Earthquake, 7 p.m. Eastern, ESPN3. <sighs> Which means online, for those of you yep. who are not aware. Yeah, it's not like uh, the Canada one, TSN, where they have like seven or eight different oh channels. God. I really want to know how that all Me works. Me too. All right, so San Jose needs to win this game if they have it. Any hope yes. of making the playoffs. And they, they still, still need, need other help. things. To yeah. go, exactly. But they have to win this game. However, FC Dallas is playing for the supporter shield. Yep. They need a result. They need a result because New York against Chicago, they're going to get points. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think what you were hoping is that you would go into this game and Dallas would not have a lot to play for. And mm-hmm. you are not in that situation if there's the San Jose Earthquakes. No, no, this is, a, this is bad news. Uh, well, I shouldn't say bad news. If you're a player, you want to play a real game. You want, you know, you want yeah, to play a competitive 100%. game. Yeah. And this will be. Except FC Dallas is at home, and they want to lift the supporter shield right there in Dallas. Yeah. They want to do it. And they're going to take these people to the absolute limit. Now, fun thing on hashtag decision day. These games are all happening at the same time. Well, the West <laughs> or, games are happening at the same time. I'm sorry, time. yes. All the East games are happening at 5. All the West games are happening at Except 7. Except for the one that matters for the Supporter Shield, which is also at 7. It's, it's, I yep. hate it. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. So the two Supporter Shield games will be happening concurrently. Hold on. That's because they switched the schedule last yep. minute. Yep. That was a 5 o'clock game. They moved it to 7 specifically because it was a Supporter Shield game. Drama. They love drama. They do. It's going to be they great. Do. I'm going to say FC Dallas 2, San Jose 1. I think San Jose has the fight, but they're not going to get it done. I'm going to actually give FC Dallas 3 and San Jose 1, but I think we see it the same way that FC Dallas is going to walk out of here with a win. Although, I do think New York is going to destroy Chicago, and they will be the ones lifting the supporters. I think they will, too. Portland 
at home against Colorado Rapids. Portland, you win, you're in. It's that simple. And they got to do it. Yeah. They got to do it. Colorado's wounded. All right. They've had a bad season. They've had a bad couple of seasons. And this is at home. It's in Portland. You got to do it. It's going to be tight. I'm going to give them a 2 1, but they're going to fight for it more than they probably should. I think this is a coming out party for Portland. I'm going to say 3 1. Portland Timbers over Colorado. I think Portland has the momentum going to the playoffs. They have the momentum right now that you need to theoretically win an MLS Cup. Now, can they keep it going? That's the real question here. Uh, and then SKC at home against the LA Galaxy, 7 p.m. Well, the way LA's playing, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And it's away from home. I think part. this game is going to depend on what happens in the game that's happening right now that you're going to know the results of. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say if, if SKC wins tonight, then I think Galaxy will beat SKC this weekend. But I, I think sporting, if they have to all have everything to play for this weekend potentially, I think you're going to see SKC get a win. I'm going to take LA 2 uh, sporting one in this game, regardless of scenario. Hmm. Bold, bold pick, Cotton. We'll see if it pays off. Gotta take a bold pick. Ways that you can get in touch with us, Gingers at Straight Red Pod. Telephone. What telephone? <laughs> Please don't call us. I don't. I'll just, I'll Wait, do they have number. our phone numbers? I'll give them your number. Hashtag hoverboard. Just remember that at Straight Red Pod on Twitter. <laughs> that's the show. At Jeff is famous on Twitter. That's Jeff. At Alex S Kibler on Twitter. That's me. The S stands for soccer. Straight Red at iCloud.com. Straight Red Podcast on Instagram, but we don't ever use it. And Straight Red on Facebook. Why don't we use it? I don't know. Do you have the You're... login? You have it. No, but I know that. But do you also have it? No. Oh, no. we should use it. We'll both use it. Well, I don't have it. I'll give it to you. I, uh, it's so complicated. Gingers, so... it's now time for your favorite thing in the world. Better than Back to the Future Day or the new Star Wars trailer that I've watched 30 times. It is now Quiet Time with Jeff. Jeff, what do you have for the Gingers tonight? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I know I have to I have to struggle now to get them framed yeah. around sometimes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm gonna break it at some point. I'm gonna yeah. break it. I, I wanna be sad. I'm gonna call it, you out on it too. It's gonna be so accidental. Yep. <laughs> sometimes you find yourself staring at the end of a season <sighs> and it was part of a project that a weirdo you were working with said, mm. hey, let's do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and you told him up front, I'll do it as long as all I have to do is show up and talk. Yep. And he said, sure. And we've almost done it for an entire season. Jeff, here we are. And I have to tell you, yep. Gingers, anything's possible <laughs> as long as you make sure your friend does the bulk of the work. <laughs> Oh, I don't know whether to cry tears of joy or feel like I'm being used. It's somewhere in between, probably. It's definitely in between. Go for the soccer, Gingers! Uh, oh, anyway, Bob Bradley. He's, uh, uh, is it Ligue 2? What is this in French? It's the second division in France. But how is that pronounced correctly? You sort of speak uh, French. I mean, it's really just Ligue. Ligue wants two. Uh, duh. Ligue deux. Oui. <laughs> <laughs>